I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Pick Your Podcast. Blake, who is our guest this week? We are joined once again by Rocom to talk to us about crowdfunding some new toys. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very good. Uh, I think this is my third visit now. Fourth, if you count the Comic-Con panel. Oh, yeah, the panel. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. That means you have the record. <laughs> I appreciate it because I feel like I feel like my episodes are just they're the ones that always veer off. <laughs> like they're never on on like on subject or whatever. But I'm gonna try and keep it together today and, and but before it. we get on subject, which is going to be crowdfunding for toys, uh did you get any toys this week? I I've gotten, I've, I swear I've gotten toys like every week because of mail order stuff, but I actually went to a Walmart, which is the last store I ever want to go to, but sadly they have cool stuff there. So I did find some stuff. Um, so first I've, I'd never seen these before in store. Uh, I guess obviously cause I haven't been to a store, <laughs> but um, Masters of the Universe has these minis. And so I finally found them uh, in the aisles and stuff. I don't know if they've been out for a while or not, but they're really cool. They're just like kind of geometric sculpt. I guess my, my camera doesn't really focus too well on the close-up stuff, but uh, yeah, they came out with a couple of those. I think they were a Comic-Con exclusive years ago. Yeah, yeah. And there's the line two- really didn't. Yeah, and the line didn't really take off, and now the line's back. Right. And I like the designs a lot. Well, I, th- I feel like, yeah, the designs were always, always good. I think back then they had tried to make a game out of it. They were trying to use them as like, oh, this is a new game with these minis. And they tried to make it a bigger thing where people just want a tiny figurine. So like the price point is down to like less than $5 for one of these. So I just bought two huge cases of them. <laughs> I just crack it up. when they try to cram a game into a figure like that, like, Mattel did the same thing with the retro WWE figures where they tried to put these QR codes on them where you could scan them into some sort of game. And it's just like, I don't care. I just want the figure. (laughs) Give me the figure at a lower price point. I don't need the game. I'm never going to play it. I'm never going to scan this QR code. Just give me the fucking figure. Right. I I feel like like after Amiibo became a thing, every was trying to think up like how do we get that yes. collectability in and it's like first of all you're not nintendo like you don't have any game connection right now so it's and it's even funny prior to that this goes back to like the Comtech ships in the phantom menace figures yeah like yep, i remember those it was just a bulky stand like i'm never scanning the Comtech. just give me the figures the point i feel like it was Skylanders, those Comtech chips, Amiibo, of which I have far too many. But there's always been this weird desire to merge video games and toys. And as somebody who loves both things, I don't ever want them together. When I was a kid playing with my toys, I didn't care if I could connect them to something and have them talk. Even the Simpsons World of Springfield stuff, I, I just wanted free range to do what I wanted and have an imagination i didn't need to be stuck by the bounds of the movie or the game i i agree like it's it's very rare that it works uh if at all because i mean even an amiibo like you're not it's not an action figure you're not playing with it like it's 
Is is my is my mic working? It's weird. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah not lighting my screen anymore, and I don't know why. Um, okay, okay, I won't worry about it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, another thing. What that, else did you get this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the same theme, uh, I found these uh, the the origins. So I think they they overpacked cases with He Man and Skeletor because those are the ones. There were like three three of each on the shelves. So. I think they may even be sending out solid pack cases of the Skeletor. Oh, okay. Which is so smart. Like it, it's it's totally the one that's just gonna go. I think the expression is crazy because they just gave him this. It's not even a, a laugh or a scream. It's just like a gaping mouth. <laughs> Such a weird expression, man. It's it's still cool. I love the the retro paints on stuff. And then the the most fun thing that I kind of kit bashed was. I took the um, the vintage Spider-Man that came out, the carded figure, and the uh, the Love Triangle three-pack X-Men uh, Cyclops head, and I made like a regular closed Cyclops. Oh, oh that dope. looks great! Yeah, it's like it works so well to to just be that looks really good. Yeah, so uh, for any Legends fans, I think this is a super fun one to put together because I mean that Peter Parker figure. In general, it's pretty dorky and strange, you know, uh, with the split face, uh, Spidey Peter Parker head. But putting I this love the split face, then. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a big one. fan. Um, so anyways, I think in general, I never realized how fun these regular body figures, like even the Stan Lee, if you pop the head off that, it's just a normal plain clothes legend you can kind of mess with, so. It's funny, just last night I was thinking about how we desperately need more plain clothes legend bodies because I feel like we have so many heads now and before we got the Peter body, it was pretty much just that body from the chameleon that people were using. So you'll see like a bunch of suited figures on a shelf from Marvel Legends and they all have the exact same body with the exact same tie. Because <laughs> right, it's just right. the chameleon over and over again. Um, or, uh, or Purple it, Man, it, if you it, had that one. I feel like Purple Man. Yes, exactly. Which is, I mean... Or Killmonger. Yeah. If you want your sleeves rolled up, you use that <laughs> one. Uh, um, so, yeah, then, it's time for some more just, like, generic bodies that we can yeah, pop just these to, heads on. To throw the heads on, yeah. Like, I think a buddy is using the Stan Lee... Uh, body for uh to do a norman osborne he just oh, nice. that, that oh i love that he said that works really good um but in general man neca keeps dropping so much stuff that i pre-order so like because that you know anything i'm missing like that super shredder it's cool because they're making it all available now you know so many people were complaining that um that so I, so they did you guys see the diorama sets they put out the yeah eighteen tall yeah so I got I got a couple of those and I just know with all the quarantine pre ordering going on next year is just going to be insane with the shipments <laughs> stuff that's oh, yeah. going to keep coming in yeah I've got uh, a lot of things that I know you picked up a metalhead for me I appreciate that yeah um I think I have them right here uh, <laughs> I need to, I need to <laughs> at make least sure I get I, to see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know he exists. I've already seen this. Um, this is your metalhead. Just uh, I'm amazed you haven't made that drive down to go get that yet. Well, um, as you may have heard, Blake, the air quality is so bad that we're not leaving our homes now. 
uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be down to pick that up this week because I would love to have them. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely free to meet up, so that'd be good. Thank finally, you for holding on to that for me. It is no, much appreciated. Worry. I mean, I with with all the pre-ordering going on, I was worried you would have copped them by now, you know. So no, nah, I never. Once you picked that up for him, I for me, I, I, I stopped finding. Yeah, good. Like, well, that one's taken care of. <laughs> He's in good hands down in Orange County for now. Yeah, eventually okay, he'll good. join the rest of the collection. I I, t- I tell you, I've I've had friends where I'm like, dude, I got you covered. I'll get you one. Don't worry. And then they go on eBay and buy it. They just don't trust that like it'll show up. But not me. I trust you. I trust your rock. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, it exists. We have video evidence. So getting onto our main subject this week of crowdsourcing toys, I feel like this has become, especially in these last few years, mm-hmm. a really important part in the toy collecting world. And it's being used nowadays by major companies like Mattel and Hasbro and McFarlane. Hasbro has their HasLab. Um, but crowd funding toys really started in the independent toy world. Like the first one that I remember participating in was the, uh, the, uh, hacks figures from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vitruvian uh, hacks or whatever. Yeah. 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 Those yeah. are really cool. I, I don't know if those preceded the four horsemen's mythic legions line. But that, that's right. Really, the Mythic Legions would, I think, been prior to that. Before that, yeah. Which I, I kind of lump in in a similar category. They're kind of like these uh, finer, nicer end, like higher end uh, articulated figures in that six inch scale or whatever. Because with the hacks, those guys, the people who designed that line, uh, Eric and Andrew with those guys, they were all designers at Hasbro. And they were working on Star Wars and stuff like that. And they left Hasbro and they had no money to start their own company. So they crowdfunded that first line of figures and they ended up just blowing away their goal and being able to grow a full company out of it, uh, Boss Fight Studios. Um, what was the first crowdfunding toy that you remember? You mentioned the mystic, the mythic legends. Yeah. The, the mythic legions by four horsemen. And similarly, the four horsemen are sculptors that were at McFarlane and and they were very successful there. And I mean, they're, they're legends in, in toy sculpting. Like they did, um, they did that whole masters of the universe classics line. Like they did the, uh, DC classic stuff way back in the day for Mattel. Um, so in a similar We're story, still doing a lot of, of lines that aren't their own crowdsource stuff. They're still regular sculptors for Mattel and other companies. Yeah, yeah, I think they still do stuff for Super Seven. Yeah, they're still right. They didn't just break off and they're their own. They're they're still like very prevalent in in all toy companies sculpts and stuff. Um, but uh, but I think in that same sense of like you know, we were stuck in a building doing all this other stuff, but then we kind of wanted to take our own thoughts and ideas and then bring them to life and, and make them. And so I think where those where both of those where the Victruvian hacks and, and um, mythic legions win is um, 
they made figures that you can army build. Like they, they made stuff where it's like, Oh, of course you want like 10 skeletons for like any of your, you know, um, people to fight or, or just standard barbarian or orc figures. I, I think like in those, in those like army building styles is where they really went out. Um, I mean, all those creator driven, like, um, new characters they create within their worlds are awesome. But I think the easy hook is like, Oh, it's a skeleton warrior with like a sword and a shield. Like it's so easy to pick up because you can just put it with your, you know, Conan, the barbarian figure from super seven, or you can pair it with all this other stuff. Um, another great crowdfunded, uh, figure line. was, um, uh, these ninja figures that, um, that actually the makers of Foosh, that website, uh, Foosh.com, they, they kickstarted um, a whole series of ninja figures. And um, they're called Feudal, Feudal Series um, Articulated Icons. And I, I got those, and those are amazing. But in that sense, like if you have a Daredevil figure, now you have all these red ninjas as like the, the hand that you can like pair with it. And, and I think that stuff's super smart for, for that style of toy. So what was the first toy that you made through crowdfunding? So, and yeah, the very first thing I had done was, so first of all, the the only things I've done are are vinyl toys. So I haven't tried kickstarting anything articulated, like the stuff that, I mean, I really love articulated figures, um, but the mold fees to create one of those is so much higher than, than vinyl. So the first one was um, Death Jaguar. So it's this guy right here. Um, and now you, you say that that's not articulated, but I feel like I have a, it, a couple of them here. And it does have five points, right? You're, you're right. You're right. And I mean, I, I feel like, you know, in terms of like Marvel Legends and, and articulation that people are used to, you know, posability is like, oh, can I can I put them in a crouched position or something like that? Gotcha. Yeah. So, so you're you're right. They're they're, they're minimal. Like, yeah, I think this is four points. Four, four points. Yeah, four points articulation. Actually, six points because it has the wrists. I forgot about those. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Um. So this so was the even first. Even though it's thing. a vinyl toy, it still has articulation. Yeah, and I that's the kind of that's where I try and marry the two things I like. I always want the, um, the soft vinyl to have that like articulation. But he was the first one. Yeah, that was the, that was the very first one in 2018. Um, and, uh, it was, I think my goal was 9,000, which is just going to cover your, your molds. Um, and I think we made it to like, 10.6 10.6 or something. So it went over. Um, and, uh, that was the, that's always the scariest, right? The first, the, the first time you go out there and you have a weird, crazy idea and you're just asking strangers for money. I think that's the craziest part of crowdfunding a toy because you're not doing some, um, sensible backpack that uh, uses recycled goods. Like, you know, you see all these things on Kickstarter. It's like these useful tools that, that, um, are, are probably needed or, or like they serve a purpose, but you know, I've made toys, which is like, they're the most unnecessary thing, you know? And so asking other people to help create this, they have to be so into it and you have to kind of convince them of your vision and like make someone care. And I think that's the toughest part with crowdfunding a toy. 
is that you're seeking other people to think what you think is cool. Also cool. Like, um, so why did you decide to crowdfund this instead of just making it on your own? Making it. So in general, I feel like crowdfunding just like has labs or, or the big companies are doing, you're seeking interest in whether or not people like what you're making. So for me, knowing that a mold is going to cost me anywhere from seven to like $9,000 instead of, instead of just pre-selling or just getting that money um, one way, a crowdfunding campaign is such a bigger story to talk about. It's, it's kind of like a marketing ploy as well as just seeking interest. Cause if that only raised $6,000 or something, I don't, I don't think that toy would exist. Not because I, I wouldn't just gather the money on my own and make it happen. But the market showed me that, Hey, no one wants this thing. So, like, <laughs> so don't, don't make more stuff that people don't want, you know? And I, and a lot of times toy makers will save up. They, they'll sell their car. Like they'll get the money to make the molds for a toy that they don't even know uh, if there's a market for. So um, I think that's the heartbreaking thing for a lot of indie toy makers. You, you put all that money in there, you put the work in and people either don't know about it. It doesn't find their audience. Like you essentially are just set back before you can make any money off your toy either. So crowdfunding you get your mold fees covered you have this startup audience that can like have the toy now and you get to start at zero essentially because it's not like when you see me raise ten thousand dollars i didn't get ten thousand dollars just in my pocket that went into creating this toy that we all have on our shelves now so i was gonna say i feel like part of when people see these kickstarters and even when people go out to do it they don't realize if you want to say have a Kickstarter goal of if we get this many, we'll give everybody a free t-shirt or something else that that's now suddenly a cost you have to incur. <laughs> so it's your goal of 10,000 is now 10,000 plus 500 shirts. So that's something I wanted to bring up in, in this discussion is that like, you know, so many people copy uh, in terms of like, Oh, I saw this campaign I, and they kind of mimic it, right? So they'll see a sticker button pack. They'll see t-shirt. They'll see a hat, a postcard set, like all these things, not realizing that you're, you're selling a toy and you've made all these extra things you now have to pay for and create, which your your buyer doesn't necessarily want those things. <laughs> like They're cool to have a t-shirt, a hat or whatever, but to the buyer, that's a freebie that they didn't think about the $7 that you need to make every single unit or whatever. And that's cutting into your mold fees that you're trying to, to pay off. So my best advice to people creating rewards, throw the stickers, throw the button pack, like just go straight to what you're selling. Like if you're selling toys, that's what people will want to get. So make that the first thing you can buy. And if you do have introductory stuff, something for a dollar or five bucks, make it digital content, make it an MP3, make it a video download, a PDF. Like I've done digital coloring books that people can download. Um, and the, the newest um, Kickstarter is the most insane thing we created, but we have a video game for this one. So like for five bucks, people can get a single level playable side scroller game of this world that I created for the new toy line. 
But I well, mean, I'll explain all that later. It's you insane. know exactly how to get me. <laughs> and, and that's the cool For thing. The... No, go ahead. Oh, no, that's it's just that's the cool thing about digital content is that you can pack these things into your your introductory price point of if someone gets a figure from me, they're getting that. But then they're also getting this music like this uh, synthwave song on MP3. They're getting this video game they can play. So like it packs these things that to you are essentially free to make because it's just a file. So digital content, I feel like is such a great way to, to replace the sticker pack, the t-shirt and and t-shirts, man, like anything that has a size connected to it is just, you're creating so many problems for yourself. You know, how many smalls are you going to make? How many mediums? It's just more information that you need to organize. Whereas a single figure with a one size fits all digital download is like, is so much easier. So organization and keeping things simple is very important. So from your first Kickstarter from the Death Jaguar, walk us through kind of like the process and the timeline from you having the idea of making the figure to them actually ending up in people's hands. Okay. So there was so much learning that, that went on um, in making that. So one thing that I've done differently since that Kickstarter was my first prototype of Death Jaguar was a Photoshopped illustration. So it was just showing people art of what I wanted to make. So, you know, the the character Jet Jaguar, who is the, what the spoof is of the character, you know, I found a Jet Jaguar toy and then I just morphed it and like added things to it and kind of created this new toy out of it. So it's, it's to be this like evil version of, of Godzilla's Jet Jaguar, right? Um, so first of all, that was the only image I had of the toy. So then I created a problem for myself in that the sculpt for the toy had to look like the drawing that I made, but the sculpt didn't exist yet. So that was the issue was like I crowdfunded and got all the money at the end of February, let's say. Then the, through the next like at least two months, I was working with a sculptor to fine tune the, the actual mold of the toy. So to, uh, first off, look just like that, like what you're holding. And then also um, to, uh, to just be, be correct and look right. But since then, I've always had that done first. Like make sure what you're showing, what you're selling is exactly, you know, what people are going to get. And so it's been really cool having the 3D and having the mold ready to go so that once you get your funding, you can just like pull the trigger and, um, and get the mold sent off. So, so in that sense, the timeline, like once you have your, your sculpt ready and you have a factory lined up, you send that off and then it's these kind of one to two month intervals of getting a wax master made, which is a wax version of your toy that they use to make a metal mold. Then, then getting the metal mold made, then pouring vinyl and getting a test made. So after these like kind of, um, after these like phases you go through, it's it's eight months on the short end, like six to eight months. So and that's on like a swift like no shipping delays, whatever. So I've been pretty good on that on that schedule. I think the latest toy it was just a month late or something. And if you, if you guys know how Kickstarters go, people are like two years late. Like st- stuff goes wrong all the time. And luckily, I still get emails from things I did almost a decade <laughs> ago now. That's like, don't worry, it's coming. 
You've got your five dollars tucked away. <laughs> and I'm like, what tier is it that if I donate twenty dollars, you'll never email me again? Because I'll I'll jump on that one. I have noticed that the toy Kickstarters have a tendency to actually be made where I see most of these like movie documentary Kickstarters I know people have done. The films are just never finished. But nine times out of 10, even if it takes years, I feel like the toy eventually makes its way to people. And, and you know what? I think it's also, uh, it's also something that that's telling of the audience. Like, Usually, if it's a documentary or a film that's being crowdfunded, you know it's everyone on that film production's family and friends that are pouring into this thing and saying, like, I want you to make your art. Here's some help. And they're also the last people that are going to be like, where's my movie? Whereas if you if you crowdsource a toy, dude, toy collectors are the craziest people in the world. You know, you have like a ding on a package. They're going to like light their, themselves on fire. <laughs> like, so I think in that fear, people always like, okay, we got to get the toys made because they will not be happy if they don't get it. So, yeah, I think if well, the, the audience must have done well enough that you kept going on. Yeah, I think uh, definitely. I mean, this. So after that one, you know, I worked with my friend Tom Neely um, and he does a popular uh, indie comic called Henry and Glenn Forever. And so this is the San Diego Comic-Con version where we did like a Batman and Robin. Uh, so it's it's kind of like an Astro Boy and Gigantor uh, version of uh, Henry Rollins and Glenn Danzig. So it's super weird, <laughs> for, you know, but, but that's what Kickstarter's for. It's to take these like, strange ideas and see if there's an audience for it. And so that one was insane. We needed $14,000 and we raised uh, 27,000. Um, which it's funny because, you know, any of my friends that saw that, they're like, oh dude, so you just get to pocket, you know, 15 grand or whatever. And I'm like, no, I have to make more toys with that money. Like, you know, usually when you get to these higher levels, you've also promised some stretch goals. Like, you know, a new colorway or, or whatever. And so now you have to make good on that and use the extra funds to build the new colorway. So um, that's another thing is like creating stretch goals to where you beat your, your, uh, your ideal number that you wanted for funding. When you go past that, you have to be careful in knowing that with your extra money, can you really bring these other things to life and making sure you have enough like headroom and margin to make sure like you're not paying out of pocket to like come come good on these things like I think for the Henry and Glenn one I'd promised two different pins to come with the thing and even that like our money was so short that I could only do one enamel pin and so I made good on that where I at least sent one but there were people were like hey it was one missing like everyone notices all the details because that's all there is to look at you know um yeah. So after that, so this is crazy because literally three days ago, um, this just came in on a boat. So like, this is wow. the newest vinyl toy. It's uh, it's by artist Alex Bardi. Um, it's called Future Me. So it's it's a pretty grim like concept, you know. So essentially, that's what the tombstone's the the real head, but then you see like the guy head underneath it. Um, and this is really articulated. Like you have a waist swivel in this one. Um, you know, you could do a full Air Jordan pose uh, with it or whatever. Um, 
So this one's super that cool. vinyl as well. Yeah, this this one's vinyl. Um, the the mold processes were a little bit mixed. Like this was traditional uh, soft vinyl, um, the main body, but then thin pieces like the arm and stuff that was injection molded vinyl, which is very rare to do for toys like this. But to get those details and make sure it's not because vinyl is very soft, so you know you don't want like really drooping like um, you know non sturdy parts. So this is a kind of a hybrid of standard soft vinyl molding and then uh, also injection molding. So the, these came out really nice. Like I'm, the, it, it was scary because it's the most detailed and kind of playmates looking type figure we've done. And, um, but it, they came out great. So, so it's another kind of hurdle. And then now I'll be launching, well, today is essentially the launch of my fourth Kickstarter, which is going completely different. It's going actually not vinyl at all and it's going to be um just pvc molded like not mini it's funny i learned the difference between mini figures and action figures these are smaller figures like so here i'm going to show you guys this one here so this is like a creature of the black lagoon inspired um figure this is three inches tall but mini figures i guess are are like muscles and things that don't really have much articulation uh, whereas these have full articulation, you know, there's a wrist swivel and, and all that stuff. So they're actually action figures. Uh, Just smaller. There are many action figures. Yeah. <laughs> One might call I've it a mini, a mini figure. figure. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, a, a Lego is a mini figure, right? And those have articulation. So yeah, yeah I, th I think it's funny the things I've been learning. Another thing I learned was uh, Legos is not a plural word. It's just Lego. It's Lego. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so many people say Legos. At least I used to. <laughs> oh, I did all the time. I did all the time. Uh, you mentioned a couple times now, sort of knowing the audience, building the audience, having this audience for these. I feel like there's a lot of indie creators, whether they be in toy making or movies or music or podcasting or anywhere that only has that family and friends that you mentioned. When you kind of started your first one, how did you find that audience to to buy in on? Um, that's a great question, and I I think that is um, that's a tough thing where you actually would want to go to Kickstarter. You know, you're not Todd McFarlane. You're not a person that should be even doing this. Like, you know, you're you have your family and friends. I the best thing that to do and that I did was you have to seek out the audience, right? So my toy jet, uh, death Jaguar, um, you know, the only person that would understand or like this toy is someone that loves Godzilla, someone that might like the original character jet Jaguar. So my initial word out was always on places like Tumblr, Facebook groups, different Godzilla, like forums and blogs, like, you kind of throw the stuff out there. You it's, it's good to also not get in there and spam people. You need to really be part of those communities so that it is honest. And like, you're talking to people whose opinions you care about and that, you know, you have to make these connections. So essentially if you're the kid that like didn't have like enough friends or family to get something going, you have to go out and make these friends now, you know? So, um, my new toys are going to be Glios, which is a joint system that has been around since like, I think 2013 or so 
maybe earlier, uh, 2011 or something, but it's, uh, it's essentially a universal joint system. So any toy that has this joint, you can take the arm off and use another one and put it on. So there's probably like uh, 12 plus makers that, that have made their toys with these joints. So if my toys get made, if you have them and you buy some of these other guys' toys, you can pop the heads off and mix them up and essentially just kitbash all these crazy little figures. Um, and that's really, that's probably the audience that I'm going to need to look for um, to get my my new campaign funded. Um, but I'd like to obviously reach. So let's, 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 let's get into it. Let's start about, let's talk about the new campaign because it's, okay. it's really, I've already seen all the materials for it and it's super impressive. Like I feel like as impressive as the past vinyls that you kickstarted are, this is like a, a whole toy line that you're kickstarting and it's awesome. Introducing Mighty Maniacs, the all-new three-inch articulated Glyos compatible minifigures from Procom Toys. Prepare for battle as Johnny Tombstone with Swap Out Battle Helmet and Arm Cannon. Fight against evil as Viper, Lethal Ninja by day, and Ferocious Werewolf by night. Interchangeable heads Maniac Morph your monsters to appear as Fishstick, Dark Claw, and the Mighty Ape King. Mix and match parts to make new characters or build them into your existing Glyos collection. And it's not just a toy. It's also a video game. Travel through graveyards and the haunted forest to take down enemies in an all-new retro side-scrolling shoot-em-up featuring brand-new music from all the damn vampires. Mighty Maniacs from Rocom Toys. Available now only on Kickstarter. Thanks, man. I it's your yes, like your reaction to that is essentially like what I've been going through in quarantine. Cause like essentially from the beginning of the year uh, till now I've been developing this thing, like from story to characters, like it's literally creating my own masters of the universe. And so to do that in, in a year and like be ready to just like crowdfund these things, it's been insane because you're, well, I'm essentially creating something from the ground up that, I now have to hope other people are into have to connect with and like, because, you know, it's, it's my world that I created. I have no clue if anyone's going to be into this. So it's, it's the most risky thing I've done, but also the most exciting because it's insane. There's a, there's a video game connected to it. There's um, all these artists that I've met through the years through Comic-Con and whatever it may be, they've all lended help to this thing. So like there's a special trading card set that's made for this where like if you get a figure you get a trading card with it and people like ben temple smith which is the artist for 30 days of night uh patrick gleason who's spider-man um marvel artist and he used to draw uh, superman for dc he did a trading card um johnny ryan which is a fanographics artist he did a trading card like so there's this artist edition like trading card set which to me now has become one of the more cool things about the line when it's really just an add-on to the line um, but yeah, I'd Before love to show you guys some of the, the actual toys. Let's uh, explain to everyone what the overall concept of what this is is. Okay, so so um, okay, I'd like to tell the story then how I even got here because it's such an insane thing to just Great. happen all of a sudden. Um, 
so knowing that I do vinyl toys, like these are all nine inch toys, like they're big vinyl toys. And so the price point on something like this, which is artist driven, like it's, it's collectible and rare. Your starting price points are a hundred bucks, 150, $200. Like, you know, I, I think one of the last um, original run of death Jaguars I sold was at decon. It sold for $300. So this is a figure that people bought for like 75 on Kickstarter originally. And they become so rare that the price points are so high. So if you're at a designer con or something and people are walking by the booth, they can't just drop $200 or they have to really want something. So I wanted to create smaller toys. So I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll make a small death Jaguar, you know, a minifigure version of them where someone can drop 15 bucks or something and get it. So I had known that Glios um, was a format that made minifigures because they, they work smaller in PVC. They have those joints that can kind of flop in and out and you could switch up parts. So I met the, it's a patented joint system. So I met the guy, Matt Dowdy at DesignerCon, And I told him like, Hey, I want like smaller price point stuff. I have this character. I think it, it would be really good for that format. And so he was the sweetest person. He is the sweetest dude. Like he, he explained all this stuff to me and, um, and right away, like we got along really well. And so we started an email chain where he was telling me like, Hey, your introduction into these minifigures and this line shouldn't be rendered to like one character, like one head and an arm. Like I know you have so much you can contribute to like this world. And so then I started just going off on this horror tangent where I realized that these toys have like a lot of alien influence. They have um, like robots and um, kind of these mech warrior type things, but there's nothing really too organic. Like there wasn't any horror monsters. Like these are things that I really love. So in the end, I created this world called mighty maniacs where it's kind of this, this ghost and like demon hunter world where, it kind of flips the script to where monsters aren't essentially the villains. They're actually the people that need to be saved. Um, and it's, it's uh, it has such a mix of all the stuff I love. Like, you know, there's Marvel universe in there. There's, there's uh Ghostbusters, there's um, old universal monsters, like stuff that really probably shouldn't all go together. <laughs> but I kind of influenced this whole thing. Um, it so does me, go together. It's interesting. Once you start looking at the toys, it's like, oh yeah, this all works. Yeah, I, I think um, once you bring that paranormal element into something, it's so much easier to to explain stuff off. You know, I feel like it's when Stan Lee included mutants into Marvel Universe. Like he's like, oh, I can just say they're a mutant and they can do anything now. You know, um, yeah. Let me let me show you guys some of the the new figures. So this is up now at MightyManiacs.com. Um, I have no idea how it's doing right now. But I, I hope it's doing well. <laughs> Check um, back. So, I mean, this what we're doing right now is part of, um, of Kickstarter, like getting the word out because you, have, you know you have your family and friends and you have to think about where that audience is. So for me, this stuff is going to be in horror fans, video game fans, uh, minifigure fans. So, you know, I'm hoping people that like Battle Beasts maybe started listening to the podcast or have been listening to you guys, and they might be interested in these. You know, if this kind of gets someone to back it, that's just another win. So the tough part is splitting your brain into all those places. Like, 
you know, I'm trying to get in touch with bloody disgusting and, and try and get the word out through to horror people. Um, you know, if you want like he's, he's prevalent on Twitch. Like I want to try and get him to play the video game demo to try and get word out there. Like, so it's whenever you, like Blake back to your question of when someone doesn't have this audience, you kind of have to just think of ways to, to get them. So whether that's looking up different writers for, for blogs, like I think I went to the first time around, I went to um, Wired and uh, I looked up different editors and people that wrote articles, mostly people that wrote about toys because all these people are on Twitter on different formats and usually they're really nice. So you can just start a conversation through social media. Um, but you have to put in the legwork. I think people will see something like Todd McFarlane's um, Kickstarter and they'll be like, holy crap, toys can make this much money. Negating the fact that the dude's been in comics forever. It's Todd McFarlane and it's Spawn. Like, You can't just create something and just ask for the money. You have to earn it. So I think that's the thing that gets the ball gets dropped all the time. Like for me, I try and make a page and the content, the video photos, like it all has to earn someone's trust. Cause if a stranger is seeing this, they don't know me. They need to get the, what vibe I'm setting off. Like, you know, three successful Kickstarters before this. So I've stopped doing the tell your story kind of thing, which is what most initial ones have to do. You have to show who you are, kind of let people know why they can trust you and so on. Um, but there's also another side to Kickstarter where I think a lot of people end up giving their money where Blake, like you said, you're still waiting on, on items is where people do a really flashy video, but then they can't come like clean on it, you know? Um, so there's two sides of it, like doing the talking head thing where you're telling your story or doing like a really flashy commercial. Like I try and balance both, but Obviously, like Justin, you've seen this one is straight up just like doing the crazy commercial, you know, um, and I find that connects so much quicker. There's only so much you could hear a guy talking about his story and his past on why he created a thing. And I feel like you might lose people. So in the initial video, keeping it short and punchy is super important. So I've learned that, like, you know, just get to the point, show people what you're selling and then hopefully they like it. I was going to say, you also mentioned uh, knowing the marketplace. Is there anything you think right now is missing from like the marketplace of toys or figures? Um, I, I honestly see um, people like pe- people are already making really great figures, toys, right? So what people really like to do after they have them is create amazing displays. So I feel like the special effects, the backdrops, like, and you're, you're, you're seeing it slowly come up from smaller makers, but, you know, just straight up making a trash can set where it's a dumpster and a bunch of mini trash cans. Like, I feel like you could sell stuff like that, like crazy right now. Um, special effects pieces, flames, lasers, like things that are easy to attach to figures. The Bandai's done some of that, you know, they've done flame effects, they've done different stone pieces or whatever, but I feel like there's always going to be great action figures, but how, what are things that can help amplify the display? Um, I think that's something that will be huge if someone covers it. Um, now for this Kickstarter, where, like, what's the minimum for people to buy in? What are the different levels? What do they get? Yeah, that's a super good question. So this is my first Kickstarter ever where you can spend 20 bucks and get a toy ship to you. And I've never had that. 
because everything's been ninety dollars, a hundred, one hundred and fifty. Like, so the tough part is like your introduction to this is very easy. Like, if you have twenty bucks and you're into this, want to try it out, you can. But also, I need nine hundred people like that to to make my goal. Obviously, there's people that will really love this and they'll go in and get the full line for a hundred and eighty dollars. I think you get like ten or twelve figures. Um, and the, you know that's a, an easier way for me to to make the goal. But um, they say the most common um, number on crowdfunding is twenty five dollars. So if you have an item that's twenty five dollars that's kind of your sweet spot. Like that's where you can get the most people to buy in and kind of get to where you're going. I've never had that happen. I've always kind of reached an average of 200 people that back a project. And this honestly will need like probably like 500 to 600 people to buy in. So it's very scary. Um, but also the, the opportunities are bigger. Like I think horror fans can dig this people that like battle beast can like it. Um, so I'm hoping for the best. Also the video game aspect is crazy. Like with every figure you can download a single level playable game with Johnny tombstone in it and you play as him and, and it kind of really breathes life into the toys. So I feel like when masters of the universe needed cartoons to sell toys, I created a video game to kind of hook people and get people into the world. Because even for myself, after playing through the video game, I have such a bigger love for the figures that I've created. And even when it's already my thing, but after you play as the hero and you fight through these graveyards and like all this spooky stuff and you see the final villain, which there's a toy of like, it's cool. It like brings the whole thing to life. So, um, yeah, I'm scared and excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is super exciting. These are so fun. Like if you can get the word out to people, I can't imagine I'm hoping so, succeed. you know, you know, the, the, when you ever see, whenever you like, there, it always happens where you see a Kickstarter and it, it went, it blew through, you know, it's, it's goal and it's made a million dollars or something. The main way that happens is, is you get a front page spot on their website. There's, there's a sticker that's like projects we love and Kickstarter's editors pick these certain projects to be on their front page. I've never made it to that front page. So, but I'm, I'm like crossing my fingers for this one, you know? Um, but that's real. like, once you hit that and your, your audience opens up so much, that's where you can really win, but you can't bank on that. So I'm really trying to like reach out to, to my friends, to different editors, writers, like what's tough is a lot of the toy blogs now, like Foosh, um, uh, gosh, what's, what's some big, or even the reviewers like Optobotamus, Shardimus Prime, like these dudes only focus really on articulated six inch figures. So when I have a mini line, it's going to be hard for me to get their attention because that's not really their audience. Whereas I still think people that collect those figures love toys like this as well. These are so cool. Like I can't imagine people like that, not wanting to check them out. Yeah, I would hope so. But you know, when I reached out to one of their editors, he's like, Hey, we only really, review six inch figures like that's just our market he said i'm welcome to share the info on their forums and stuff to see if people are into it which i can definitely try but it's tough when like you know you imagine you'd want a collector and toy community to just like be all into different stuff and show new right yeah they're totally focused on like because if you think about it toy collectors are buying NECA, marvel legends and, and wwe figures like 
Like that's the target aisle and Walmart aisle. So like, that's where they get the highest influx of people. Like, so sharing my project will only help me. I don't know how much it'll help them, you know, who knows? Um, so it's, it's tough. Um, that's why your best bet is to just go through smaller avenues. It's almost like uh, power in numbers instead of in single giant people to help you out, you know? So any advice out there for anyone who wants to start their first Kickstarter toy campaign? Um, yes, I would say um, put as much as you can into it because ultimately you're asking strangers for their money. And so from that perspective, create your campaign. I've seen so many toy Kickstarters where they show like a rotation of what they're selling of the model, just some, some like talking points and they need 14 grand. And it's like, dude, you couldn't put a little bit more effort to like your story, why you made this thing. Like, even if that info is there, the presentation is so lazy and like, I don't, it blows my mind because people will be jealous of a toy Kickstarter, see all the money it's made, make theirs. It doesn't fund and they can't get it through their head to where like, dude, you didn't put in the effort. Like you have like make a great video, you know, find people that might be interested. Like another thing is clicking live and putting your thing up on Kickstarter. Like your work just started. Like you need to not spam people, but you need to make posts. You need to reach out and like keep things active. Because if you're not talking about it, then how do you expect anyone else to, you know? So I would say just like, if you have passion in the project, as cheesy as that sounds also, that's all you really need. Because if you're not passionate for the thing that you're asking for money for, like you're probably not going to make it, you know? And avoid t-shirts and stickers. (laughs) People don't want that stuff. Like don't, you're making more work for yourself. Like whatever people see in your video, that's the immediate item they're going to look for in your list of rewards. So, so the quicker they can get to that, the better I'd say. And how do people find your current Kickstarter? Uh, Luckily I bought a URL, so it makes it easy. So it's, it's mightymaniacs.com, but maniacs is spelled a X S at the end instead of uh, a A C S Uh, it's a X. Oh, it's just a X. I'm an idiot. See, I made it hard for myself. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to actually share with you guys uh, an image of the logo. And then that'll be kind of a cool way to see it. So yeah, MightyManiacs.com spelled like this. If I could share this. And um, and yeah, that's the easiest way. Or, or, I mean, people can find Rocom Toys on Instagram or just Rocom on Twitter. So that's R-O-C-O-M toys um not be an easy way to find me when the clock strikes midnight on halloween um is when it'll be over so if it's october you still can check it well let's check back in at the end of the month and see how it's going I'm i'm very excited for this i'm hoping that i'm hoping it funds because i want these they look amazing me too thanks man i mean i'm i'm hoping for the best. (laughs) I definitely know the hurdles ahead of me, but also I think uh, those concerns show in the page because the page is insane. There's so much content and stuff going on. You have these trading cards, you have a video game, you have like full sets of all the figures. There's a glow in the dark set. Like I went all out. So I I hope it goes through and I hope I get a front page spot. Finally, (laughs) it's never happened. You know, we'll see. 
So before we let you go, what uh, what else are you working on? Um, gosh, this is totally usurped like everything. I'm still working on music when I can. Like crazy enough, when quarantine started, I started making hip hop music like out of the blue. I have like eight songs lined up, so I'm trying to do at least another five or something. Um, there's that. Um, I still I got Razor Monday to Friday, um, but I, I'm just glad I was able to build something while being stuck at home. Um, I think that's kept me sane is actually working on these toys. Um, but after this, actually, I'm working on a live action uh, version of Johnny Tombstone. So you know our friend Iffy, right? So so yeah. Iffy Iffy is gonna play the live action version of him. Uh, uh, it's not necessarily to make a movie or anything. It's uh it's making more commercials essentially. Like, you know, for the video game, we want to do this, this classic like Genesis or, or Super Nintendo game where like, you know, if he's playing the game and then he slowly turns into the hero, you know, at the end of it. Yeah. So I've been working with my friend Evan in uh, Ventura. He's 3d building that arm cannon. He's making like a huge life-size version. And it's, it's so cool. Wow. So it's so rad. Like, so he's building that now. We're gonna put lights in it and everything. Like it's it's exciting. So that's the next thing, I guess, is uh, making more content <laughs> to like get people to see these toys. But it should be fun. We even have an idea to do those cheesy PSAs, where like a live action dude is walking around a park and like telling kids to like not do something. Um, but we we have this Kwong brought up this hilarious visual of using the arm cannon to shoot people but when the ray hits them they turn into these flashy dancers and start dancing like like 90s like michael jackson style stuff yeah um, like so, captain eo style exactly yeah yeah uh because it's just so funny like that that was a thing you know you know where like you know you shoot someone they have a wardrobe change and then they start dancing like oh yeah 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 so there's all kinds of fun ideas for for things like that well, man, thank you so much for coming on and talking about the line and what you got going on. It's great to see you. One of these days, I'll come down and pick that metal head up from you. <laughs> Dude, this week, man, right? It's got to happen. Uh, um, where can people find you? So for me, uh, there's always, if they want to see my past vinyl work, it's rocomtoys.com. Um, Rocom Toys on Instagram uh, and then on Twitter, just Rocom, R-O-C-O-M. So. I appreciate it. It's always fun talking to you guys. I ramble so much. I really hope that people care when they're listening. Like, it's always scary listening back to this stuff after you guys publish. But I don't know. Anyone that made it this far through the podcast, I appreciate it. <laughs> Check out the word. Oh, we like having you on. <laughs> <laughs> and Blake, where can people find us? They can leave us a review on iTunes and then find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash how do you figure on Twitter at how do you figure PC and on Instagram at how do you figure podcast. Great. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>